Tatiana, have you heard the five steps to salvation? Oh, um, step one, think that you need to be saved. Step two, find someone who knows how to save, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we're no. getting somewhere. I think that's Already wrong. Probably wrong. We're not going off of any kind of list. I I feel like I must have read a list at some point in my life of how this is supposed to work. But yeah, I have, I have no idea what the five steps to salvation are in the five-step format. Cool. Neither do I. But I feel like step one is like realizing you have a problem. Are we talking about AA now? <laughs> There's a reason why AA and, and Christianity are similar, though, in that regard. Yeah, there's a lot of um, shared experiences between sinners and alcoholics. Mm-hmm. And AA is like a Christian-based program. I feel like I took your intro and we went completely into the weeds because my instinct was, I don't know if it's a better improv if I say yes, I know what the five steps are, or if I say no and then make you do it. That's really what I should have done. No I should have said you do no, it. no, I yeah. don't know what they are. Tell me. And then you would have had to make them all up. Yes ending. Yes ending is better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes ending was probably the better choice, but ultimately we got to two steps and then just completely broke down. Step three, question marks. Step four, money. Yeah. Step five, salvation. Hey, I didn't know money was the fourth step <laughs> to accepting Jesus. Salvation bucks, remember? Oh my gosh, you're so right. It's salvation bucks. And then step five is cash them in. Mm-hmm. Wow. It all comes full circle somehow. So, audience, in case you couldn't tell, this episode is about evangelism. Yay. And specifically, Connie's introduction to evangelism. And what is this podcast? Oh, right. Introducing the episode before I mean, we introduce the podcast. I was going to say, if you've made it this far, I'm going to guess that this isn't your first time. So, yeah, hello and welcome. This is Podventures and Odyssey. I'm Emily. And I'm Tatiana. Every week, we re-listen to an episode of Adventures and Odyssey, then sit down to recap and discuss. We are going in album order, according to the club app. Mm -hmm. notably. And this week we are at the very last episode of album four, Go Ye Therefore. Oh my gosh, hooray! Never not celebrating how many episodes we've done, especially we... when we come to the end. <laughs> we made it. Yay. Yeah. I'm gonna put a little celebration sound in here. Oh, good. It feels so festive. I love it. This is an important milestone, I think, because it's before the first major arc in Odyssey, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah. In in some ways, all of the major arcs that are coming just keep us going. So we get a short intro today, so no Chris Corner. Mm-hmm. Very little theme music. We just know that Connie is feeling down, and so she's gone to wit's end like, like a salary man at the end of a bad day going to a bar. Sorry, that was just such a good metaphor. I've never pictured Connie as a salary man. <laughs> but I immediately just pictured her in a business suit with a briefcase. Like, at the bar that is wit's end with a milkshake instead of a beer. Oh my gosh. Okay, so she's there and wit comes up to her being like, Oh, how can I help you? Oh, Connie, like, I'm not used to seeing you as a customer. It's been a long time. I guess she just works there and then... 
doesn't really hang out otherwise. Yeah, when when else has she been a customer? Probably just the first and only time that she came in before she was hired on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, so she's there and she's... I don't even remember what she orders. Something. Oh, Ice cream? Yeah. Oh, probably a milkshake or something. But she is here to lick her wounds from the day because she's had a bad one. Are we to presume that everything happened just that day? I think, uh, I think everything in the latter half of the break of this episode okay. was that day. Sorry, that was a very confusing way of putting it before we have done the recap, but essentially this episode is Connie recounting experiences. Her exploits in evangelism. Evangelism exploits, is that the title? Maybe. I mean, it's at least a phrase. Yeah, specifically, she's recounting her experiences with Robert. Who... Robert. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I chose to say Robert really weird. <laughs> who has this book that has like the step-by-step -step instructions to evangelism. And they have both been reading the book and Connie thinking, you know, it's very important to spread the news about Christ and tell people about my personal faith in Jesus yeah. and how they can also have that personal faith. Yeah. So, yeah, a good... A, a good notion, Connie. Maybe not the best way to execute it. Yeah, that's the question. I feel like that's going to be like part of the substance of our discussion of this episode. Maybe a little bit. Mm -hmm. The method. So yeah, she's gone through this book called Evangelism Made Easy. And I don't know if that's a real book or not. I am not aware. Um... Well, doesn't matter. It, it is definitely a type of book that we were kind of referencing in the introduction where it's like, I'm sure that at some point in my life I have owned a book on evangelism that had steps in it. I will tell you that in seventh grade, I took an elective called creative evangelism because I went to a Christian school. Oh my word. And the person who was running it used to be a magician before he <gasps> became a teacher. Oh my gosh. And so he taught us how to do evangelism using magic tricks. Please explain at least one magic trick that leads to salvation. Oh my gosh, this was seventh grade, so how many years ago was this? Like... 500. I was going to say 15. Just a few off there. Uh, I know that we had one trick that had to do with, like, it was a little lockbox mm -hmm. with um, a piece of paper inside of it, and we were like talking to the audience like oh you see this lockbox like you really want what's inside like whatever's inside is really good mm -hmm. but like try and open it yourself and then you give it to them and they like try to open it mm -hmm. and it like no matter what you do there's no way to open it mm -hmm. and then you take it back and then you kind of talk them through well like well we can't do this on our own with the help of jesus christ and the holy spirit within us we are able to like access this wonderful thing which is salvation mm-hmm and then open up the box using the secret method. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, because it's like a trick mm -hmm. box. Yeah. And then you do it because you're a Christian and they're not. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the implication, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's a good metaphor. Okay, this I will make this rabbit trail short, but you know what this makes me think of? This is like a modern version of like prophetic signs, you know, like Elijah and... Uh, Isaiah and like especially Ezekiel like all of the weird stuff that God would tell them to go do as like a sign to the people because uh -huh. people didn't have like movies or technology or anything the only like entertainment or you know effective communication to big crowds is like a guy does something weird 
or you know like a physical sign you know like break these stuff and it's like this is like the way that jerusalem's walls are gonna break you know he makes a model of jerusalem and then destroys it himself and everybody watches i was going to jokingly say a weird guy doing weird things but then that's actually what you said (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a weird guy doing weird things that's what a lot of the prophets are but it's effective because that kind of thing sticks in somebody's mind they go home and they're like I saw this weird guy, like, playing with a model of Jerusalem, and he smashed it, and he said, that's what's gonna happen in the future. Boy, that was a weird thing that I saw today. You know, as opposed to just a guy saying this is gonna happen. This is the purpose of prophetic signs, is like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a helpful metaphor. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, anyway, that's, like, what the lockbox reminds me of, and I, I feel like it's, like, the same tradition, except... For a modern audience, perhaps. Yeah. Needless to say, this is not what Connie's doing. No, Connie and Robert are not off to perform prophetic signs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but can you imagine Connie? Oh, but can you imagine? I can imagine Connie preaching to a large crowd and smashing some pots and pans. Not pans. Some clay pots. (laughs) Whoa, we're already so far into the weeds. But not really, because that was relevant to something. It, it's, the Bible. Yeah. It's relevant to how... Evangelism. Evangelism worked in biblical context. Yes. It's a way to get your message across to people effectively. Okay. So flashback to the park where Connie is trying to hand out pamphlets. And you're getting kind of the stereotypical responses that people give when they're being asked to take a pamphlet, which is, I don't have time and... No, thank you. No, thank you. Had a long day. Yeah. Very dismissive. And then, uh, as Connie is having these kinds of experiences, her partner in crime, or I guess her partner in the opposite of crime. Her her partner in anti-crime. Her partner in anti-crime. Spiritual anti-crime. That's what I call evangelism. (laughs) Is that the title? (laughs) Spiritual anti-crime. Put it on the short list. All right, so uh, Robert comes running up to her like, Connie, Connie. Pardon me, sir. If you have a minute. I don't. Connie, I I did it. I did it. What, Robert? You told someone about Jesus? No, I gave someone the pamphlet. And like record scratch stop, everybody. (laughs) Like, we, have, we had to stop the episode, We actually. literally actually did pause the episode, and not just because I was making french fries at the time. <laughs> it was because we have a voice actor alert. I was gonna say, dare we? Dare we derail this? <laughs> Let's not derail it too much, but, like, it's it's just so far in the future, but... This Robert, let's just say this Robert is voiced by somebody who voices another, another. far more important Robert mm-hmm. in the future. If you care about Odyssey and you know, then you know. But Robert. if you don't care, then then don't worry about it. Don't worry about Robert. Robert squared. Yeah, this is Robert squared. But this is a, a high school Robert who bears no connection with the later Robert, except for the remarkably similar voice. <laughs> Oh boy, yeah, we, we had to take a breather after that one. Um, but anyway, he's here and he is telling Connie somebody took a pamphlet from him. It's very exciting. It's super exciting. And I find that their exchange is kind of funny and kind of telling about their characters in that Connie is like, oh my gosh, you told somebody about Jesus? And he's like, well, no, I, I gave him the pamphlet. And like, I told him about the five steps. Mm-hmm. And Connie is like, okay, cool. And then what? And Robert is like... And then they left. And then he left. And Connie is like, okay, cool, I guess. 
you know, but it's kind of like Connie is seeing this as a method of telling people about Jesus, like where Jesus is still in the forefront of her mind. Mm -hmm. You know, the point is you want people to know Jesus, but it seems like in Robert's mind, the point is checking off a box where it's like, oh, good. I gave a person a pamphlet. That's what I was supposed to do. Yeah. It's like one step removed. Yes. So Connie is also, she's like, wow, that's awesome. Like the most that's happened to me is like somebody took one just to tear it up in front of me. Which is awful. Yeah, that's a bummer of an experience. And uh, she also says somebody was like, you know, listening to her talk about the five steps, but that woman was also like going through the trash cans. I guess maybe the implication is that she wasn't really there to listen to Connie. Maybe she was just there because she was also doing a task at the same time mm -hmm. so maybe she didn't really care yeah and she also said like i got i got the steps mixed up for somebody at one point and now they're probably going to become a hari krishna <laughs> i was like what Connie? <laughs> oh my word that line kind of flew over me as a kid i didn't know what the heck that meant but it's like another religious movement am i am i right you're right okay yeah. good um and in the in the meantime as they are having this conversation about how hard it's been a woman is trying to interrupt them so that she can get a pamphlet. And Connie is like, do you mind? <laughs> we're, Connie. Having, we're having a private conversation. The woman is like, I saw you handing out booklets and I would like to have one, if I may. And then this are like, oh yeah, here. And it's she's like, oh, this is a Christian pamphlet. I should have known. Wasn't it like I never would have guessed or something Yeah, like that? sarcastically. It's some sort of sarcastic offhand comment that I was like, what do you mean by that? I was very surprised because, I don't know, maybe people used to hand out pamphlets more. But like in my life experience, people handing out pamphlets are Christians. Or some kind of religious movement. Maybe she thought it was for a concert. Maybe. And she was like, I would like to know about the goings-on. But she called it a booklet, not just like a flyer. Right. Flyer is like, I want to know what's happening. But like a booklet or a pamphlet is probably like, I'm trying to convince you of something. Mm -hmm. I feel like not just religious movements, though. Oftentimes like... Social, political? So yes, social, political movements like Greenpeace mm -hmm, mm -hmm. will have that kind of thing. She was hoping for Greenpeace. She just really wanted a Greenpeace She's pamphlet. She's like, oh man, I just can't wait. But it was Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. It was a strange response. That is the end of that flashback experience in Connie's retelling. She kind of says, like, I felt silly trying to give people something they didn't want. Mm-hmm. And we, after each of these little, like, Connie vignettes, we get Wit's response to them. And I feel like Wit's response is very telling mm -hmm. in terms of what we're supposed to take away yeah. from this to a certain extent. And uh, Wit is, I would say, pretty positive about the notion of handing out pamphlets. Yeah, he's like, well, you know, this was only one experience mm -hmm. and you can't like assume that all of your experiences are going to be like this one bad one. Mm -hmm. I feel like generally people don't like pamphlets, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> maybe it's our generation. Maybe so people used to be into pamphlets. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do we want to do we want to call this back here? Do we have anything more to say about it? I feel like we've talked in past episodes a little bit about the relational aspect. Mm-hmm. Of witnessing, and that is kind of what this episode is about, ultimately. It just also gives us a little bit of like, and also here's Wit's opinion on multiple other evangelism methods. 
And yeah, I don't know. I was a little bit surprised that he was as positive about it as he was. But I don't know why I'm surprised in retrospect. Maybe because we both kind of strongly believe that it's like an ineffectual way of witnessing. Yeah, I guess so. I feel like, well, here's the difference between this scene and the next scene is that this is pretty harmless. Right. I think maybe it's just, to me, it feels kind of like a time sink. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. But, um, like, it's not going to hurt anyone except maybe the planet because of all that paper, but, you know. (laughs) Um, I one time saw people standing outside of my high school handing out pocket New Testaments. Now that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's more useful. Just got a lot of tiny New Testaments into a lot of high schoolers' pockets and it's like, maybe that gets immediately thrown away or maybe that becomes like the one and only Bible that that person owns that they like randomly are like, this book is super tiny. I'm going to read it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to open that teeny tiny book and see what it says. I mean, you will get the people who like portable things and the people who like tiny things to read Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, there you go. One swath of the population has been evangelized. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then we go to our next vignette Mm -hmm. in which uh, it is a little less harmless because (laughs) they are in a bookstore and they are putting pamphlets in all the books until they get caught. Yeah, it was super funny the way that it gets framed because Robert is like, yeah, you know, just put them in all of them until we get caught. And Connie is like, wait, caught? Like, she did not realize that getting caught was part of the stakes of this operation. Yeah, caught by the owners because they don't like it because they're heathens. Yes. Also very funny. Good grief. Robert, Robert's a little much. A little? (laughs) And uh, sure enough, as they're having this conversation, one of those heathen managers comes up to them like, ahem, excuse me. (laughs) And uh, he he basically tells them that they need to leave. And Robert is like, this is persecution. (laughs) Robert! Robert! (laughs) Ah! Uh, Is that where the cul-de-sac... Oh, gosh, probably. It's like almost a can of worms, but also, I don't know, it flagged in my mind as something to talk about when we were listening. And I think it is important to note that Odyssey does not hold this opinion that getting thrown out of a bookstore for putting Christian pamphlets in the books is persecution. Yeah, I think that the line is done for a little bit of comedy, and then the fact that it's coming from Robert, who is being framed as somebody who probably ultimately means well, but who also has his priorities out of whack, Mm -hmm. is meant to guide us away from using language like this in mundane situations where you are in the wrong. I don't know. I'm not saying that everybody who calls persecution is, like, in the wrong in every situation, but I feel like... Words have meaning? Yeah, words have meaning, and persecution is a word that gets misused. Okay, persecution is hostility and ill treatment, especially because of race or political or religious beliefs. So, okay, here's why I feel like persecution is kind of the wrong word in a lot of these circumstances, and Mm -hmm. it's because hostility has a really strong connotation. Right. And so does ill treatment. So it comes from, I would say, like Western evangelical culture, broadly speaking. Mm-hmm. A notion that certain things that happen like in, we'll just talk to America because we're in America, but like yeah. speaking to American culture that there are things that happen that people will name as persecution um, that aren't. It's like we 
we tend to name as persecution things that have more to do with following the law Mm -hmm. or respecting other people's boundaries. And that is exactly what Wit says on the other side of the flashback. Mm -hmm. Because Kanye's like, oh man, I liked going to that bookstore as they get kicked out. And Wit post flashback is like, yeah, there's like, it's really important to respect the law and people's property. It is good to use these kinds of pamphlets and booklets to witness, but it's also important that it be a good witness, like in a practical sense. I don't know. It just bugs me when people say it inappropriately. It's like, use it when the situation calls for it, because it is a very, um... Strong word? Yeah, it's a very strong word. It's a strong word, and I think the reason that it bothers me, and probably you too, is that there are Christians around the world who die for their faith, and more. Mm-hmm. You know, facing imprisonment, starvation, dying, and, you know, executions. Um, I'm not saying that American Christians don't experience different treatment because of their faith, necessarily, in some situations. Like, Connie will experience it later in this episode. Yeah. But to call that persecution, I feel like is just a lack of perspective, perhaps. Yeah. And I think what also bothers me is that oftentimes the word persecution is used in circumstances where somebody is being bitter, or like the heart attitude is wrong, where it's not talking about persecution as in like, yeah, Jesus said we would face persecution, and we are facing it in X, Y, and Z sort of way. It's usually used as like, this is persecution, like, I don't like what's happening to me. Rather kind than of. a consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yes, exactly. Okay, good cul-de-sac. Good <laughs> rabbit trail. I think that that covers my feelings. Mm-hmm. At this point, so yeah, Wit has expressed his opinion about respecting the law and property. And also that he thinks Connie is being too hard on herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here is another instance in this episode of Connie showing her heart being in the right place. Just like earlier where she's like, oh, like, did you tell somebody about Jesus? And here she's like thinking, you know, we put all these pamphlets, like left them random places. And all I could think about was the janitor who was going to have to clean that up. Like, that's not a good witness to that person. Yeah. And like, you know, seeing the janitor as a person who is going to have to deal with this, like seeing the outplaying of your actions. Like being aware of the way that you affect other people. Yes, that is loving. Yeah. And that is a witness, I think. Like, and she's thinking along the right terms. Mm Mm-hmm. In terms of living a life that points to Christ and is honoring to him. That's a witness, yo. Yeah. Oh my gosh, we suddenly got really 90s. All right, (laughs) let's get out of there. I blame DC Talk. Uh, Okay, and so here here is one of the the most extreme thus far. Oh man. (laughs) This, This scene is just pure fun to me. I think I'm going to cut in June's reaction. Yes, please do. Because Connie, um... Connie is at home and her mom comes in like, oh my gosh, Connie, call the police. And Connie is like, what on earth? And her mom's like, call the police, get the detectives. We have been vandalized. Oh my gosh, vandalized? This is horrible. We've been vandalized, Connie. Somebody put bumper stickers all over my car. Oh, but wait. she's like, oh, but the weirdest thing is that they're just, the bumper stickers say weird things. Like... Uh, honk if you love Jesus. And um, I wrote one of them down. What was it? I break for prayer meetings. <laughs> Why? 
uh, yeah, she's like, oh, just who would have done this to us? And Connie is like, it wasn't somebody that done it to us, Mom. <laughs> it was me who done it to us. It was me. <laughs> you. My daughter. My own flesh and blood. Yeah. It's a way to turn our car into a witness for Jesus. Off. All of them. Now. This. Minute. You don't want our car to be a witness? 30 seconds and not a gum mark to be seen. Yeah, her mom, oh gosh, the acting in this scene is hysterical. Her mom gets so, like, dry and deadpan and, like, low register. The way that she says my own flesh and blood always gets me. The fact also that Connie pauses to ask her, Mom, are you right with the Lord? (laughs) And apparently Robert said that her mom needs a spiritual revival. Mm. Oh, Robert. And Connie Connie says, like, I think Robert needs a brain transplant. And Wit is like, okay, and what else? And she's like, maybe some new clothes? (laughs) And Wit is like, no, I mean, like, what else happened? (laughs) Connie, how could you misunderstand? Uh, Classic comedy dialogue trope. I, I think I completely lost my train of thought while this scene was happening. I don't know what I was busy thinking about, but I wasn't listening. Well, the next thing that they are going to do is the thing that... Connie, she experiences a difficult social situation with yes. her peers yeah. because they are going to try and be bold at school in proclaiming their faith. Go for it, Connie and Robert. Robert's not part of this, unfortunately. He's mm-hmm. gone from our lives until a million albums later. However, we yeah. do get to hear Connie's scene. Before the flashback, Wit affirms her excitement over evangelism, even though she's, like, saying this went really, really wrong. Mm-hmm. Wit does a good job of listening to her through these experiences yeah. and giving good feedback. Mm-hmm. On the way to class, Connie runs into her friend Cheryl, whom we don't know, but, you know, Connie has friends outside of us. <laughs> We're not <laughs> Connie's only friends. The kids at Wits End aren't Connie's only friends. No, Connie's got her high school friends that we know nothing about. So here's Cheryl, who wants to chat with Connie, and um, but not, like, now. And, like, you know, maybe, like, at lunch or something. And Connie's like, ah, I do yearbooks. So maybe, like, at work or at home. You get the sense that Cheryl is, like, one of Connie's friends and not necessarily just, like, casual, but, like, that she is wanting to talk to Connie about something more serious than whatever their normal level of conversation entails. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't quite know how to approach it, so that's mm-hmm. why she's being a little bit cagey around it. And Connie's like, you know, it makes me nervous when people want to talk to me and I don't know what it is mm-hmm. about. Did I do something wrong? Oh, Connie, you and every other human being. Seriously. It is nerve-wracking. Can we talk? Not now, later when we have time. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Cheryl's like, no, it's nothing It's nothing serious or bad or whatever. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And so Cheryl will meet up with Connie later. So Connie goes into class and uh, we have a character who, against all odds, is a recurring character. He's made a comeback. It's He's Fred a- Zachary. Mm-hmm. He makes at least multiple comebacks. Uh, yeah. Coach Fred Zachary, he is a substitute teacher. You better known as what you call what? guy. Yeah, I was like, what you call mind. it, man? Yeah, it's what you call. Uh, so this is a man with a verbal tick, which is to just insert what you call into all of his dialogue all the time. Yeah, so he doesn't have a lesson plan, so this is going to be a what you call a study hall. Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody, you know, be chill. 
is what he tells them all. And like, if you get too loud, I'll have to, you know, create some, uh, what you call work for you all to do. So, um, everybody is like, hooray, as high school students are when their lesson is canceled. Mm-hmm. Or all students, except college students. College students are often disappointed. Yeah, college students are like, oh man, I got out of bed for this. <laughs> I could have been sleeping right now. Ugh. Um, okay, so everything devolves into study hall. Mm-hmm. Is that an appropriate word to describe a class becoming a study hall? Devolves. De- devolves into chaos. Um, mm-hmm. Evolves into study hall? It evolves, and uh, yeah, Connie is sitting around with some people. I don't know, they're, you know, casual friends, classmates. That's the word. For people who are in your class. They are talking about a crazy party that happened over the weekend. Some kid got rolled up in a rug and oh, tossed into the backyard. Hilarious hijinks. And Angie was like, wasn't Connie at that party? And Dan. V-A-A. V-A-A. Same actor as Lucy's dad. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. Don't freak out. Yeah, Dan. Dan is obnoxious. But Dan is also fun. Okay, we'll, we'll get li- through it. We'll talk about it. Sometimes it's fun to listen to obnoxious people. Thank you. I, I take that to heart. <laughs> oh, okay, um, Dan is like, no, Connie wasn't at that party. Connie doesn't do parties anymore. Connie's a crazy Christian. She's into preaching and stuff. Yeah, look at her. She's got her Bible with her right now. And Angie is like, oh my gosh, Connie, do you have your Bible? And Connie is like, yeah, I do. And she's like, oh my gosh, you bring your Bible to school? That's crazy. (laughs) This was a foreign concept to me of a Bible being at school being crazy. Being crazy. (laughs) Yeah, Bible school, kids. Mm -hmm. Um... Yeah, they, they're they definitely razzing her. Dan, more so. Angie is, like, genuinely, I don't know, I, I guess interested, but she's, like, the interested that you are when you're like, oh my gosh, you do this thing? That's what, like, tell me more, that's wild. Not like, oh my gosh, tell me about Jesus, but, like, mm-hmm. human interest sort of interested. Sort of like, this is a really fascinating thing to me. Yeah, and Dan is the one who is teasing Connie for fun. And I don't mm-hmm. think that it's bad natured. Yeah. I feel like he's doing it in the way that like a lot of teenagers do that as a sign of affection. To yeah, be honest. yeah. It's a fun. Th- I mean, you can tell in his voice that it yeah. is not with bad intentions, and I feel like that's like a large part of also of why it's not persecution because right. people are not being mean to Connie. Well, they're being insensitive to her. Dan yeah. is being insensitive because I think it's pretty clear that Connie is not having a good time with this. Mm-hmm. Um, that they're pushing her too far. She's still pretty new to her faith, all things considered. Yeah. And they aren't picking up on the fact that this is making her uncomfortable. Yeah. They caught her in a bad time, I think. Yeah. And yeah, okay, well, we'll go through the scene because I think it kind of plays out mm-hmm. in a way that you can see why it's a bad time. But yeah, so they, they keep razzing her about it and Angie is like... Like, no, like, stop, Dan. I actually want to know. Like, tell me, Connie, why don't you go to parties? Like, what's the deal? And then Connie tries to do her spiel that she's been practicing all week. Yes, that is the reason why I think this went wrong. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I don't want to blame it on the pamphlet book, but I kind of blame it on the pamphlet book where she (laughs) just starts, like, reciting something. She becomes very 
not herself. She's doing it by rote instead of connecting on that human level. Yes, exactly. It's like clearly she has a rapport with these people for them to chat with her in this way Mm -hmm. and for Dan to tease her. But yeah, she just becomes so wooden and like fake. Yeah. And it turns them off. I think Mm -hmm. she just doesn't give them answers that are connecting to their questions. She starts going through the step-by-step, like, well, here's what you need to know kind of thing. And you're all sinners. Yeah, she she says that outright at a really bad time because they're expressing genuine curiosity and Dan's like, no, I could never give up parties, you know? And, Mm -hmm. like, that is such an understandable sentiment. Yeah. And the answer to that sentiment is not, well, you're a sinner. No. The answer to that sentiment is, well, you know, you don't have to change all at once and your priorities might shift. You Over don't time. know. Like, be open to it. My thought about that, too, is like, the Christian life is about greater life and thriving. And I feel mm-hmm. like maybe what connects to what Dan is feeling there, or like, this is, all right, we were about to side trail, rabbit trail on, like, Tatiana's thoughts on, like this kind of face-to-face evangelism, but, like, connect to what is true about that person. Like, what is what do they already have right, you know? Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, what, are, what do they have wrong? What do they already have right? Yeah. What Dan has right is the fact that humans were made to thrive. Mm-hmm. Human, like, yes, yes. We love having fun. We love enjoying each other's company. We love food and drink. We, you know, these are things that humans were made for. But the thing about that is, I bet after that party, you had fun for a while, but how do you feel about it later? Like, you know, even if you don't regret it, you come down off of that high. Mm-hmm. And the thing about that is, there's nothing in this world that lasts. Every high that you've ever had of any kind has always come back down. And I believe that God made us for a high that does last. I just don't think that it is within our power to stay there. It's, you know, the the living water. Like, I think that's what the Bible is talking about when it says Jesus is, you know, I'm the stream of living water. And if you drink of me, you'll never be thirsty again. But everything else you drink of, you'll be thirsty again. That's what I would have said to Dan. <laughs> but yeah, but the root of that being, look at what you've already got correct, or look at what you've already got that is pointing you towards Jesus. But yeah, no, she does not connect with that at all. What she says is, you're a sinner. (laughs) Which is also true. Dan is underage drinking. You can't do that, Dan. That's that's wrong, Dan. That's against the law, Dan. Dan, it's against the law. We're evangelizing, Dan. (laughs) We care about Dan. Follow these five steps. Dan, you need to follow the five steps to salvation. Step one, realize you have a problem. Step two... (laughs) Find someone who can help you with that problem. Step three, question mark. Step four, money. Step five, salvation. There you go. The five food groups. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Holy moly. All right. So so this scene goes on. It kind of ramps up to the point that uh, the teacher substitute, Mr. Whatchacall, is like, hey, everybody's kind of getting a little riled up over there. And Dan does, like, the worst thing you can do, which is like, yeah, no, we don't need to quiet down. Connie needs to, like, get up in front of this crowd. Like, Like, get her a box to stand on. Yeah, get her a box to stand on. Connie ought to preach to this whole classroom. Isn't that what you Christians want to do, Connie? Connie, give your soapbox sermon. Yeah, Connie, uh, that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, it's soapbox sermon time. (laughs) Except that Connie is, like, so like, thoroughly in a bad headspace that she's just like, can I be excused? I don't know. Does she get excused? 
uh, she just leaves and he's like, you forgot your what you call hall pass. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, geez. That's our mid-episode. High drama moment for a mid-episode. Will Connie survive the destruction of her social life? Uh, yeah, so uh, where we come back from that, we're, we're back in Wits End. It and, is like 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. And Connie is just, she's, that's why she came into this episode being like, man, I blew it and being super bummed. Mm-hmm. I would feel the same way if I had that experience. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where like in retrospect, you're like, literally, I was in front of a classroom of people saying preach the gospel and I left. Yeah. That's probably what she's beating herself up about. But it's not on your shoulders, Connie. Don't have to bear this burden alone. Yeah, it's not your responsibility to save this classroom of people in this way. Like, I get being bummed, but also, like, you can't beat yourself up about it. It's like, there will always be missed opportunities, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you can't... There will also be more opportunities. Exactly. So, like, what happens right now? I think Wit, like, encourages her about this. Mm -hmm. But um, at this point, Cheryl comes in. Because she knew that she was going to have to find Connie at home or at Wit's End. Yeah, and she called her house and she wasn't there, so she's Mm -hmm. like, you must have been here, and I was right. Mm Mm-hmm. I find it interesting that it took Cheryl until 9 o'clock to be able to call Connie. I know. Also, it just occurred to me that, like, she's been wondering about this and probably fretting about it all afternoon. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, now she finally is ready to talk to Connie. And Wit is like, oh, no, no, it's fine. I have work to do. I'll just be busy over in a different room. Don't worry. I won't close up the shop right now because mm-hmm. Connie was ready to leave. So so Cheryl and Connie do a fun sort of, call it like a, like a dialogue dance where they're dancing around whatever the actual issue is. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Normally, this kind of conversation is so uncomfortable because typically you're dancing around something that neither of you want to talk about. But in this instance, they're dancing around something that they do want to talk about, which is so nice. Cheryl is starting by being like, well, you know, you're here a lot and do a lot with the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you spend so much time here and like, I know that you do stuff with them and you you used to do like other stuff. You've changed so much and it's funny. It's like you used to start all the parties. Mm-hmm. Connie, you used to be such a Dan. Oh, no. <laughs> Is Dan the dark mirror? <laughs> Dan is the dark Connie. <laughs> yeah, Dan Dan is the dark Connie. But yeah, I guess I guess that used to be Connie at all the parties. I mean, we knew that from her the episode Connie part mm-hmm. 1 and 2. Yeah, established. Mhm. Also something that flew completely over my head our first listen through. Yeah, the Connie used to be like a crazy partier and underage drinking and stuff. Pretty wild. Mhm. Um, but no longer and it's funny and connie is like funny haha or funny like strange she was like well i guess a bit of both, both? <laughs> fair enough um yeah but she she like keeps coming back to the fact that connie is just so different mm-hmm. and that she's happy connie is like well not today <laughs> not today i'm not happy but still like it's, like, different from everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's like, I don't know, you just, like, the way that you walk through the world is different mm-hmm. than everybody else. Like, different than you used to be and different than other people. And whatever that different thing is, I want it to. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And Connie appropriately says, the only thing I have is Jesus. Like, that's the only difference. Mm-hmm. And then Cheryl is like, well... Okay, if that's what it is, then that's what I want. 
I want to know Jesus. So we have like a soft scene transition to cutting back to after Connie and Cheryl have had a conversation and Cheryl has just prayed to accept Jesus. And Wit comes back in mm-hmm. like, I'm not interrupting, am I? Yeah, and Cheryl is teary. And this scene, I mean, even though we don't know Cheryl, this scene still makes me emotional because it's just touching. Mm-hmm. Um, Connie is saying, welcome to the family, Cheryl. And Cheryl is like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like crying. I feel like laughing. And, you know, it's normal, Cheryl. (laughs) It's normal. Don't worry. And Wit affirms, like, this wasn't as hard as you thought to evangelize, was it? Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, you know, Connie, you did just fine. And she's like, did just fine with what? And he's like, evangelizing. And Connie is like, not me, the Lord. Boom. Like, mic drop. That's, That's the point of the episode. But they they don't just leave it there. They are going to now have a longer conversation with Cheryl. Connie is like, gee, I guess I should I should tell you some of the stuff that I've been learning over the last year and starts telling Cheryl about just many a lesson that we have heard her learn over the course of our Odyssey episodes. Here's the basics. Here's some of the basics. Like about patience and... And then Wit is like, the angels are rejoicing in heaven. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl is like, me too. Oh, so cute. Aw. Yeah. Um, and that that is it. And Chris also says, welcome to the family, Cheryl. <laughs> and Chris also kind of, this was a good Chris ending in which it kind of did say, like, here's the lesson of the episode, which is tell others in words as well as in actions. Yes. Yes. About Christ. Do both. Yes, you're, there's nothing wrong with your pamphlets as long as your pamphlets are sound doctrine. Mm-hmm. Asterisk. <laughs> but also as long as you are giving out your pamphlets in a loving manner. Yeah, I think it is overall like an extremely effective episode in that it firmly communicates both that message and then in the latter half, the message of your life is your most powerful witness. Mm-hmm. So, boy, they packed a lot into 20 minutes. Yeah, they sure did. How do they do it? Odyssey magic. Odyssey magic. It's the magic trick of your seventh grade teacher. (laughs) How do you fit so much evangelism into this small box? It's the magic of the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, it's not magic at all. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. (laughs) Well, we have no final thoughts, and we decided to opt out of discussion questions this time. Mm Mm-hmm. They were dry. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We were already going to cover most of what they were What if the person who writes the discussion questions one day listens to our podcast and they find it to be, like, such a referendum on all their work? We're just, like, harshly judging every episode. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate you. We appreciate the work that you put into the discussion questions. Yes, it is great fuel for our podcast. We wouldn't be here without you. I mean, we would. That's not true, but... <laughs> Don't lie! <laughs> yeah, lying is a sin, Dan. <laughs> you hedonist. <laughs> oh my gosh. If there's a Dan in your life that you want to know how to evangelize to, or if you have any fun evangelism stories about handing out tracts in a... I was going to say handing out tracts in a pond, but I meant a park. <laughs> If you've ever hidden a tract inside of a book that you didn't own against the wishes of a heathenistic heathenistic manager. Yeah, I was going to say hedonistic. Boy, we got like all my thoughts scrambled up. You know, it's only 81 degrees in here. 
it's not too bad. That's not too bad, all things considered. <laughs> oh, man. If, if any of these experiences relate to yours, or if you have actually any thoughts whatsoever at all about Adventures in Odyssey or our podcast, you can email those thoughts to podventuresinodyssey at gmail.com. You can also find us on our Reddit, r slash podventuresinodyssey. Um, leave us a comment on an episode, or I don't know what else you can do on Reddit. Leave us a comment in general. Send us a chat. So we are done with album four now, which means that it's time for a one brief week where we will do an album art review for our next episode next Monday. And after that, it is time for album five, which is really the beginning of a new phase of Odyssey. Isn't it, though? And yet at the same time, it completely isn't, remarkably. (laughs) (laughs) Album five, oh, we've only been looking forward to it for so many reasons, and uh, not least of which is that the first episode of album five will be a two-parter called The Imagination Station. Ever heard of it? (laughs) I sure hope so. Yeah, Odyssey fans, have you heard of the Imagination Station? Get pumped. Get hyped. Yeah, get hyped, right. That's our that's our secret catchphrase from like album one or something. Oh my gosh. Never not hyped. Never not hyped for the Imagination Station, especially, and also everything that follows. Ooh. We're a little bit not hyped about one of the things that follows, but yeah, we will yeah, get yeah. into that. Oh, but I am hyped to be anti-hyped. <laughs> Anti-hype. Yeah. Just, what, what would we call, what did we call evangelism? Anti-crime? Anti-crime. Anti-spiritual crime? Anti-spiritual anti-crime. Spiritual anti-crime. There we go. That term is definitely gonna stick around. Oh, no. <laughs> Alrighty. We'll, we'll catch you on the other side. Hope you enjoy album art review next week. Um, I hope that you even more enjoy the start of album five in two weeks. Until then... Thank you all for joining us on today's Podventure in Odyssey. Catch you later, Cat's Boss. Bye! Mm-hmm. Is that an appropriate way to describe a class becoming a study hall? Devolves. De- devolves into chaos. Um, mm-hmm. Evolves into study hall? It evolves. It... Pokemon evolves into... (laughs) Who's that Pokemon? It's Study Hall! Study Hall! (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's the ending bit for you. (laughs) I think so.